Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Better call! Hey, be, hey! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Haberman and Middlecoff. It is Thursday night, almost midnight. Eastern time. But uh, neither one of us is in the Eastern time zone. No. No, we're not. It's great to have you. If you are uh, watching us on YouTube, hello. Hit that like button. That uh, helps out with the old algo, the algorithm. It helps people find us, new people. Also, John, I was checking the stats today. Here's a little stat for you. 50.6% of people watching are not subscribed. You got to get on that, people. Subscribe, rate, review, but most of all, subscribe. 50%? 50. 50.6%. That's a lot of people. We we need to hammer that harder. Subscribe, goddammit. (laughs) Or we'll just quit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I never thought of that. We'll threaten a walkout. <laughs> yeah. We're not here for well, free. Well, th- did you see, before we dive into our friends at Tito's, that before li- before the PGA Tour won the injunction on those guys from Liv trying to get into the playoffs, the threat was <clears throat> if those three guys were allowed to play, all the other 122 guys were going to refuse and boycott, like a walkout. Wait, if the... If those three guys were allowed to play, the 122 at the FedEx were going to out, be out. That was like their threat, you know, because they had to tell those guys. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of people thought that it was a hollow threat. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there have been a lot of threats. I, I was I was at a couple weeks ago after golf with this guy and uh, he was talking, telling stories about his dad, who was like a diehard <clears throat> union guy, had flown for like Delta and said that he loved the 49ers more than anything, but his love of the union made him always not look at Joe Montana the same because Montana crossed the picket lines. That's <laughs> he was like, you know, my dad just didn't mess with Joe Montana after that moment. You don't realize how different times were. You well, know, like, <laughs> so I mentioned Eastern time. Obviously, I'm on <clears throat> The Sopranos, which takes place in the Eastern time zone, but I also watch the Yankees, as you know, right, uh, daily. And the Yankees, like, one, and I listen to the Yankees. One of their major advertisers is like, you know, local union, 378, EMI, the plumber. Like they've got a Yankee stadium on the wall, which is not cheap. The plumbers have a thing. The ads like now you're now it's the Yankees baseball presented by local 876. Like the unions are major advertisers of Yankees baseball. I remember I feel like they used to advertise on Giants games like back in the day listening to games. Yeah, the unions got a lot of cash. Well, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying you don't see them most places, but you yeah. see them there. Well, they're so big, I think in the like the Philly, New York, Boston, that kind of like I think that's where unions thrived. That's why Tony, you own the unions, you know, pretty good shape. JC Treader says he can't get it. The unions what run him out unions what kept him out of the games, what he said. I, I thought he's retired. 
Well, yeah, because he can't get a job because he's the player rep. Although, did you see Whitworth on the end of uh, Amazon Prime broadcast? That they were calling him about Tyron Smith? He's like, yeah, it's been a busy day on the phones, but, uh, you know, they're talking to the wrong person. My wife and kids are the ones that make the decision. So he wasn't exactly saying no. (laughs) Like, they're the ones that decide if I ever play again, was the way he put it. It was like, well, if you're him and you're already transitioning – doesn't it like, hey, I just won a Super Bowl. <clears throat> I'm kind of known now as a Ram. Does being playing for the Cowboys for one year, is it that crazy? Like, hey, honey, we get five, six million. I'll be a Cowboy. It'll just even propel. Shit, I'll be sitting next to Al next year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> jump over uh, Sherman Fitz. <laughs> I think uh, you got to think about it if you're him. Hey, everybody, we are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. I love the Tito's and Ginger. Uh, that's my personal favorite, but uh, a John Daly also is a personal favorite. I've got like a six-way tie. The one I got to try is the one that you uh, you posted some guy on uh, Instagram who made the Starburst Infusion, pink Starburst Infusion in Tito's. I, might, I think I'm going to do that one for week one, John. But however you enjoy, it is a Thursday night. Maybe you're listening to this. If you're listening to the podcast, maybe it's Friday. Maybe it's Saturday. Maybe you're heading into the weekend. Um, grab yourself some Tito's. It's always a party when you show up with Tito's. The Starbucks infusion, you just take a bunch of pink Starbucks yeah. or Starburst. Starburst. You right. pour, you know, a bunch of Tito's. You put the Starburst at the bottom. You let them soak, melt, and just become part of the Tito's. And then you have Tito's and Starburst. Then you pour it into a cup with ice about three quarters of the way full. And then you top it off with lemonade and you mix it up. Mm. This guy claimed, and I followed him and I, I checked his page. He does a lot of different drinks. It's like yeah, what his page is. Yeah. He said by far this was his most popular drink he's ever done. And you kind of I mean it makes sense, right? You just factor in one of the probably more universally respected candies. It's like talking about Starburst would be like, "Hey, you like Barry Sanders?" Everyone's like, "Yeah." You know, you like Starburst? Yeah. But I I thought he was saying it was the highest rated like he rates his drinks uh Portnoy style. I thought he was saying it's the highest rated drink he's ever made. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But I also it's got the, the vibe that like everyone just oh, that I'm drink sure. is just yeah, fucking hit. And then when you see him top it off with lemonade, you're like, "That is probably pretty good." Looks fantastic. <laughs> Looks fantastic. I also looked at his page and subscribed. So uh, I don't think that's an officially sanctioned Tito's drink, but that's the beauty of Tito's. Tito says, "We're you're the mixer. Forget about all the seltzers out there. You just make whatever it is you want to make. Just make sure you use Tito's as your base. So it's absolutely Tito's sanctioned. Tito's, baby. Tito's handmade vodka, bottled in Austin, Texas, and distilled there. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. They sponsor this show. We're so proud to have Tito sponsoring this show. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to uh, to to the January 1st Raiders postgame show. You know, love Tito's. By Tito's. <laughs> love, <you>. Tito's. <laughs> love Tito's. Yeah. Feels like, you know, I mean, I, I could see Old English if we ever did a Raiders show. We've got some of the games the Coliseum. I mean, we got to, the, the brand matters. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I've drinking my fair share of old Englishes over the Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, right, hey in fairness, did you see the yeah. reports? They were kicking the Pats' ass. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're breaking the Pats. <laughs> Belichick's going to have to clean house, fire all three coaches by week one. <laughs> it sure looked like he was having a good time at Dana White's office. Yeah, well, you were on the UFC belt. You took the whole team. Yeah, just screwing around. Good for him. Loosen it up. Maybe he just knows, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you're making $20 million. Like, I've already won by six. Fellas, I, we're clearly the undercard <laughs> these days. <laughs>
Like Dana, could you talk to the team? Dana's like, sorry about the Brady trade. How about the Brady? They he does the Brady thing, and then Bill did Bill know the whole time about Brady? Well, remember he did the Brady. He tried to broker the deal when Brady was a free agent. In fairness, oh, like yeah. Brady told him I was leaving. Remember, Bill didn't want him there. Bill's yeah, like, no, yeah, Bill get him out of it. <laughs> Bill didn't want him there. Kid Trickster on the stream says the only thing I learned in this game is Purdy is better than Sudfeld. Well, let's talk about that among other things. <laughs> but the, I don't think it's the quarterback we're going to start with tonight, John. The quarterback we're going to start with tonight is Trey Lance, who um, played. Two series with the air quotes starters played another series. Kyle Shanahan said in his interview during the later part of the game that he actually wanted to play Trey longer, but realized that uh, he did not have that opportunity. I think it was pretty clear. You and I were texting. I was like, I, you got to get Trey Lance out of this game. This is really, I thought, in many regards, a pointless exercise for Trey Lance um, on Thursday night. But he played. So what'd you think? Well, <clears throat> Listen, he is going to be it's it's pretty hard to just evaluate his game in a vacuum. He threw a dime to Kyle Juszczyk, I think like first pass of the game. Uh, he had another play that I assume that he threw it into the ground. You did broke it down, forwarded it to me. It's pretty clear that it gets tipped. I mean, the guy's hands out. Credit to it, the guy. People on Twitter actually said to me, no, it was tipped. Watch it again. So it, it was clearly tipped. credit to Twitter. Uh, other than that, I mean, he was kind of running around for his life. Uh, I, you know, it's. I think you feel good because the Niners tonight, just as a whole, start to finish, that pretty lifeless effort, pretty shitty. Uh, and it's you know a lot of guys played on offense, defense. Kyle had the thing tonight where it felt like he was prepared to make Trey look pretty good, kind of because you know he had backup offensive linemen at both his tackles and his left tackle. There was one play where Jalen Moore didn't touch the defensive lineman, and he was there so fast. Even the running back was like not even over in time yet. So he had the ball to Debo that you know was it a perfect pass? No, but it was pretty damn good. And Debo just you know was covered kind of, and the DB made a good play. Uh, I, I, I can't, I, I'm not taking away anything positively or negatively. The one thing I did think though, watching him play was like, he had to play, you know, he needed, he just needs to play. And Herb Street kept You're talking about home. in this preseason game. I'm just talking about in the preseason and the preseason in general, both these two games, you know, as the game went on, obviously I think one thing Herb Street, I'm sure he's done Iowa state games when Purdy was there, just kept hammering home his experience. And that to me, like this, these last eight months for this guy, like now it's on. I mean, I mean, now th these games where it just doesn't matter and I can say, well, fuck, I mean, how, what are you supposed to make of it tonight? Th those days are over and you you're just going to get evaluated on making plays, even when you're kind of put in shitty situations. Now, the one thing that's clearly different between him and Jimmy, obviously, is his mobility, which we'll probably get into as this goes. But uh, I, I, I don't really know what to say. I, I don't feel bad about it not looking great because it, I don't put it necessarily on him. It's funny. I think sometimes people think we're going to we're going to rip them on at times when we give them a pass and people want us to give them a pass at times when when we when we're critical. Um, my takeaway when that game ended was I hope that's the last preseason game we see Trey Lance playing. You know, Kyle Shanahan has shown if you earn it like Trent Williams, especially Nick Bosa, if you earn it. If I don't think there's anything to gain by playing you in these games, I am not going to play you in these games. If you're a very important player, Fred Warner did not play again. But do you think it would be possible for him to have a season where he would already be at that level next season? Um, yes. 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I to me, it's just as simple as does Kyle Shanahan feel like you need these reps? And if he rolls out and plays, you know, 17 games and they go to the playoffs and he gets a playoff game, I do think he could get to a point where he feels like now to me, is there something mechanical and he wants it at game speed? Is he working with a different left tackle one day in a couple of years? I don't know. I, I you know, I I'm not saying he'll never play another game, but I hope this is the end of needing Trey Lance to play two out of the three, or maybe it's three one day. Uh, if it's not a short week, that type of thing, that would be my hope. Now you're right. Maybe I'm asking for too much, but tonight was an example of, while I agree with you when somebody in the chat said, there's no such thing as useless when you're in the position he's in, every rep counts. And I agree with that to a point, but I think the larger issue for Trey, once we get into the season, how does he handle real NFL, like defenses that are trying to trick him? It's a game of adjustments, blah, 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 real game speed, all of that. He's getting more of that in practice against his own defense. He's getting more of that in joint practices. Now, he can't get hit, but that's okay. I don't want him getting hit in preseason games. And tonight, he got close to getting hit a lot. Um, so the preseason is where he got injured last year when he chipped his finger against the Raiders. Kyle Shanahan made the point that he likes those padded helmets only because it protects the quarterbacks when they follow through. Well, they don't wear the padded helmets on the preseason games. So, I, you know, my hope for him is that he passes the point of the preseason being uh, being useful to him. Because I well, I honestly didn't see a lot of use tonight watching that game. Well, clearly on defense, he didn't see any use to start anyone except really Hufunga, who's still a young player and probably needs the reps as well in space. But offensively, you know, because Trey needs a lot of reps, it did force him to put Ayuk, Debo, Kyle Juszczyk on the field. Because those guys, Kyle would have no problem if his quarterback was a six-year vet you know, and, and he, this he looked at it like Lafleur or McVeigh look at the preseason, and like Kyle does on defense, he wouldn't be forced to put those guys in harm's way. Like ultimately, like Uzcheck took a big hit. I mean, just because he caught a ball, he had to you know got tackled. You know, they ran Debo deep, right? I mean, th- those were plays that you could run in practice and ideally maybe avoid doing in the games. But I, I, I'm hard pressed to see that they're at that point next year. Um, you know, he's just because even this year, if he plays all 17 games, we'll say he make the playoffs or whatever, it's still resume as a starter is relatively small compared to just the NFL, right? And yeah. just where he wants to be. And I, someone texted me tonight a, uh, my thoughts on Trey Lance, a pretty prominent guy. And I, I said, you know, part of it is he's going to be way better in several years just because he's going to improve. And I think Jalen – I use Jalen Hurts as an example. Now, Jalen Hurts is not as good as him. But, like, when I talk to people with the Eagles, they're like, you know, is he freaking Donovan McNabb or Patrick Mahomes or something? Of course not. But he is so much better than he was 18 months ago. Why? Because he truly cares. It means everything to him. He's a high-level football guy. And Trey is too. Like, football means a lot. The football character is high. So when that's the case, you just improve. Now – you don't always improve to like Josh Allen's level, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good example. Like he's going to be better than people thought. Now, does that ever mean he's a top 10 quarterback? I would still bet against it. And the Eagles don't even know that, but they would tell you he is dramatically better than he was two years ago. And that's where I think a guy like that, like Trey, who is much more physically gifted than Jalen, will like, I think in two years, he will look dramatically better than this year. But like we always say, they're judged on this season is about minimum making the playoffs and making some noise. So he can't just be a total nothing, right? He has to, he's, they're going to need him 
there's going to be several times we talk about all the time on third and long, and that's where ultimately the way I described, I think this team is going to try to play is like the Patriots last year that won 11 games defense running the ball on steroids because they're way more talented than that Patriot team. Right. But I think that is kind of, they can be a lot more creative. I think offensively than that Patriot. team. That's a great way to put it. They can be way more creative offensively and defensively. Honestly, they'd probably be better, but I I think that's going to be their philosophical. I mean, it has been under Kyle just in general, but I mean, specifically like, can this team get to 11, 12 wins playing like that? Well, that, yeah, it's, it's proven. Now you could, you know, looking at their schedule, there are going to be games where, I mean, they're playing some pretty potent teams, right? The AFC West is going to be potentially all four of those teams are going to be potent on offense. You know, the Rams, as long as Aaron Donald didn't hit Stafford in the head with the helmet, is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan, but like they, they do have weapons and they're one thing they can sh- do when everyone's healthy is score. And that's the Cardinals. I mean, that's how many games is that right there? That's that's four against Arizona and L.A. and another four. I mean, that's eight games against, you know, pretty sweet quarterbacks. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Trey, like the – But that's where well, defensively, you, can you neutralize in eight of those games, keep for them like, sure. uh, but you, you know, still, 20? But you still have to make some plays along the way, right? Which you still have to make some plays along the way. So a couple, you know, I think some basic throws he made, uh, avoided some sacks, got sacked. Herbie pointed out the tripping the uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. on the first handoff. They were not in sync on that play, right? The first handoff of the game where he like Trey kind of runs into him, gets his feet tangled up with him. And Herbie read that as a little just over anxious. Um, he missed Kittle on on the third down play when Kittle was open. Similar, I guess not similar to the Danny Gray throw, but in terms of just where he missed versus where the target was. That Did was they ever show the replay throw. on Kittle? Uh, I did not see the replay. I don't think they did either. It was like, I, I, can I tell? Now, clearly, he, you know, was way I thought too far he, ahead he of had him. to, he, it was too far out for him. One take I had texting a buddy in the league, I was like, I wonder, and it's hard to make these like uh, hard stances in the preseason, but it's like, and it, it, there, at, when Juice had the first down, everyone went Juice, and now Michael's like, there are more 49er fans here. But it's still, there is a vibe when you're on the road, you went, some of these, and I just, my head immediately, I know they open on the road, but I think you and I have been talking about it for so long. That Denver week three game Sunday night is going to be a mother bleeper. You know, th- that would have been hard for Jimmy, but I think that thing, we've already talked about their schedule. That could easily be 2-0 and versus 2-0, and and that place could be beyond bananas. Hey, what's up? It's Guy. Now, when we did the podcast live on Thursday night, this point in the show John's Wi-Fi started getting shitty. And it stayed shitty for 40 more minutes. But we do not give up. We do not give in. We do not stand down. We rise to the occasion. It's a four-quarter game. Plays after critical errors. That's what life is about. And for 40 minutes, I IT supported Middlecoff with the help of our live stream viewers and just went back and forth with people on the live stream. That has been edited out of this podcast because, my God, it should have been. But it's still in the video. So if you want to go see it, I guess you could. We're going to rejoin the podcast when we got everything figured out because we did, because we don't quit. And uh, I actually left a couple seconds in. We come back. We get the topic started again. Middlecoff's internet freezes again. We reset. We get the topic started again. And it's been 45 minutes. It's late. 
and and the the joy. We're so happy to have it figured out, and there's so many people stuck with us through the stream that Middlecoff he couldn't handle the joy and started laughing. We reset it again, and then we get off and running. So I we weren't going to make you listen to all that, but I left a little of it in. All right, uh, but not most of it. So that stuff's still on the YouTube on the full pod if you guys want to check it out from August 25th. Some fun stuff happened. I don't remember any of it. I blacked out. On to the continuation. You know, John, this offensive line is going to get a lot of heat, rightfully so. They didn't have their two starting tackles. It was an example, that Texans game, of why you need Trey Lance to play. Because Jimmy Garoppolo behind that line, maybe he gets the ball out quicker, but he might take more sacks than Trey's going to take this year. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's like the outtakes from, uh, from what's it called? <laughs> the office when everyone just starts laughing. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two. Hey, what's up? I'm Guy. <laughs> I'm Billy. <laughs> All right, here we go. You know, John, this offensive line, no t- down two tackles, but that interior line, like that's really their line. I think the game against the Texans was an example of how Trey Lance can try and save them a few times this year. Garoppolo behind that line would get the ball out faster probably, but he might also take more sacks. Yeah, if you think about like all the top quarterbacks in the league that all can move is the reason that they drafted this guy to try to replicate what they had, you know, seen around the league from Josh Allen to Mahomes to obviously Lamar and Kyler guys that can just uh, Justin Herbert keep plays alive with their legs. And remember he said that they wanted Lamar Jackson meets Drew Brees. Well, I I think it's pretty clear (laughs) we ain't getting Drew Brees (laughs) and we're not getting quite getting Lamar Jackson, but we are, I I think Trey has shown he's a little lighter on his feet. I, I feel this year. Don't you? It's it's not quite as heavy footed of just a little more confidence moving around back there. I I feel like he just little little quicker, a little more, little sprite. It just it feels like he understands the speed of the game better than last year, which is very understandable, right? Taking a year off, getting thrown into that Arizona Cardinal game, which I, I forget that sometimes. I mean, at the time they were the best team in the league. They were undefeated. And the one thing they do have on that defense is like stupid team speed, right? I mean, their best player, Buda Baker, is just like kind of this hybrid hitter. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah Simmons is is even a bigger version of that. I, I, he's not as good as Buda, but like same type deal. They can fly. And that that game, you know, it was just it was a run heavy game for him, but the speed was pretty overwhelming. And it feels like he's a little more just to even watching him at practice. I, I'm not trying to make like grand judgments on preseason games, but it definitely feels like his his legs uh, are, are more uh, more normalized this yeah. year of what we kind of thought we were getting. You know, which is really com- it's probably it's more to his brain, right? Yeah, and just knowing that he can move like not every guy is going to be Isaiah Simmons fast, right? Some guys are faster than others, uh, and that's just to me when you are running and you're not like Lamar or Kyler where you can run away from every single person. That is where game plans help. Like, this guy can fly. This guy can't really run. Uh, th- there was a hard knocks moment. And the, the third episode wasn't quite as good. But like I turned back, it off after five minutes. It, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but the, the joint practices was, were okay. was a scene where Deuce is screaming at the running backs, but he has a, he doesn't have a voice. He lost his voice, and he's so mad that he can't scream. So he's like, <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> screaming some swearing at him but the backup like one of the backup safeties is in the like in the preseason game against the Colts and he goes the backup quarterbacks and he can't move like the other guy maybe it's like a third stringer relative to the second stringer but like specific like this guy can't run so tee off don't worry about like the other guy that can take off yeah but to me that just symbolizes like in the NFL a huge part about 
like the game plan is knowing the strengths and weaknesses of every player. And as a quarterback, I mean, isn't that all we talk about? Like how Tom and Peyton and Drew and Aaron, they know everything about every guy. And obviously when you can run, it, it really helps. Like this guy can't run, this guy can. I know I need to get out of bounds when this guy's cutting me off. I can outrun this guy. And that, that's going to be a huge element. I mean, there's that's we often talk. There's a lot going on for this guy coming into these games, right? Well, and he doesn't have all the help that he's going to have, right? That interior line is a concern. I think you'd have to admit that it's it's not good. Now, maybe they can overcome it. And I think one of the ways they overcome it, check is back there helping you. Uh, Hasty on third downs is back there. They trust him. Obviously, Kittle is there, and they trust him. So th- that line is going to have more help than it than it had tonight, and and then of course the the, the tackles. I mean, I think McClinchy will see. He's still, he's not a hundred percent, but um, Trent Williams back. So it feels they, like it feels like he's better. barely played throughout the preseason, even the practices we've been at, right? Yeah, I mean, he's had Kinlaw, Kinlaw's been more active than McGlinchey. Well, it hasn't been close. Like Kinlaw hasn't like McGlinchey. He had the 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 surgery for his torn quad. I heard Barrow say he's had multiple PRP shots. So whether or not, not that's, is it not going well? I don't know how badly it's going, but it's not going perfect. Like I think we can say that, right? So, but but. I think ultimately, I always go back to this. I don't want to beat a dead horse. The thing that has stood out, one of the reasons I'm optimistic about Trey is that he, when he breaks the pocket, he does look to throw the ball. Now, are there? Is he going to get strip sacked because he just has doesn't tuck it and run once or twice? Maybe he might. Right? He may get sacked a couple times where he's does not attack the line of scrimmage with his legs because he's looking to throw. But to me, at the end of the day, I would take that quality ten out of ten times from a quarterback even if it means early on he might get caught from somebody chasing him down from the backside. I think maybe we see him run more, but he I'm with you. I thought he did look a little more comfortable just in knowing in in the clock in his head how much time he had to either break, like really break for it or get rid of the football or throw it, whatever the case is. Um, and he's going to need that skill. But, you know, I – I don't want to me. It's just about him taking hits. Like the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year with a horrid offensive line. You don't want to have Trey Lance in that situation that Joe Burrow was in. But part of why they survived it, this guy coming off an ACL, Joe Burrow, but he yeah. was athletic enough to help them make plays. And then we can talk about it. But Kyle, Kyle understands. Like the coach knows what a strength and the weakness of his own team is. And, you know, you, you, you do things to account for that. Once they get into a game and they are pounding the rock also, I think that plays it 100%. I mean, I I think we're just looking at these guys like they just blow and it it may turn out that way that, you know, Burford's overmatched in certain moments or Aaron Banks is, but I I think we do have to, the ebb and flow of a game is so much different than preseason. I mean, say one thing, the the one thing that's going to stick out to me about this preseason is the 10 minutes I watched one Monday Night Football game, and Dan Orlovsky was like, well, guys, because uh, uh, it was something was going well in the preseason, I think for the Falcons or whatever game they were calling. And he's like, you know, I was a uh, part of that 0-16 Lions team. Never forget, we dominated the preseason. We went 4-0. And I think sometimes, because even tonight, you're like, God, that's a pretty gutless effort. And you're like, this doesn't fucking matter at all. <laughs> Who cares? But when you're watching it, I'm just thinking, like, what is going on? And then you think about this. They played Minnesota. They do joint practices. They play last, what what was it, Saturday night. 
They have two joke practices this week, and then they play like it's not like every team's playing tonight. So a lot of teams are playing like Saturday. It's a short and week preseason game, is your point? Short week preseason game, and they look like which should be illegal, really, when you think about it. Now I know it's different players, but not every like some of the guys played in both games. All this stuff, guy. The, the, how are the Bengals and the Rams? They just played in the Super Bowl. They're doing joint practices. What what are we doing? I mean, you don't think there's some animosity? If I'm on the Bengals and I'm going up against some of these guys, I'm thinking like. We were leading. We could have won the Super Bowl. That might cross my mind when the guy's like taking a cheap shot. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I mean, what these joint practice, the, the Raiders and the Patriots are playing a preseason game. These preseason games make no sense. Like Houston, in theory, like you just say it out loud, like Barry Houston doesn't feel that far. I bet it's a three and a half hour flight. I mean, the Patriots Raiders doesn't make sense because of how far they are, but it does make sense because they're joint practicing because Bill and Josh are cool or tight. Yeah, but they might have done that if if Gruden like he That's they true. would have played them regardless of the coach. It's this isn't like a college game where they could set it up. I mean, they just yeah, built, did that game get scheduled before Josh got the Raider job? Would have had no. to have. Did it last what year? Game? They scheduled a preseason game. The preseason. Oh I, yeah, maybe not. But I, I just that mean just like once the way. preseason. Bill, Bill joint practices against he joint practice against Fresno State. Like he he joint practices at every team he plays because he knows Pat though. I wonder did he ever joint practice with Nick Saban? Was Saban was the Dolphins coach? I wonder. Probably not because they were in the same division, right? Yeah. Not for long. He, he might have. even went to the SEC West. <laughs> East? West. 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 Yeah. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people. I mean, we thank you, by the way. We thank you for your we thank you for your patience, your 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 dedication to the stream tonight. Um, but we also want to tell you about our friends at Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash Ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Whether your, your, your sleep number's a little softer, like John, who likes it around a 40, or me, a little firmer. I like it at a 55. You choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number because it's the biggest sale of the year where all the smart beds are on sale with 50% savings on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. It's a great time to discover adjustable comfort for the both of you. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Hey, summer's coming to an end. So you got to get everybody back on their regular sleep schedules. School age kids. Uh, 10 hours will do the trick for the school age kids. Too little sleep impairs their ability to learn new information. The teens and tweens, they're in the nine to 10 hour range. Tweens is a funny word. The parents, they need sleep too. Seven to nine hours, that's what we're aiming for. Sleep IQ sleepers with kids attain an average of 30 minutes more restful sleep during the weekends compared to weekdays you get that sleep iq data you're going to get about 28 more minutes of restful sleep per night that's 170 hours per year so choose proven quality sleep from sleep number because every day starts the night before discover special offers now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year you get salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer, 
when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We still alive? Take that one. Take that one. <laughs> All right. So there is one thing we haven't seen yet from Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, right? Game planning. Yeah. Uh, which we saw last year when they played the two games and we saw in regular season games because Kyle Shanahan, the, what what's the Niners best asset? I was thinking about this tonight. It probably truly is Nick Bosa if he is as good as we all think he's going to be because that means he's might be the best pass rusher in the league or right there with Miles Garrett. And that means you're worth non-quarterback making $120 million guaranteed shows you how good you are. So you could argue like if if you just had a draft, would Nick Bosa go ahead of Kyle Shanahan? Because like, even Trent, like God love him. he is. Older. I don't think so. You think Kyle Shanahan would go? I mean, it depends, right? If you told me you can get Shanahan and Michael and a LaFleur, or you can get Shanahan, like, I mean, uh, Bosa, which coach are you getting with? Are you getting 
Are you getting Bosa and McCarthy? Well, you know, in some snake draft, like that's not doing you any good. I'm serious, yeah. right? Yeah, you're right. Because you, you would probably like, let's just say, for example, if you knew Andy Reid had eight more healthy seasons as a head coach, assuming Belichick's kind of done, would he be the nut? Like, you wouldn't take a player over Andy Reid, or would you take Mahomes or Josh Allen over Andy Reid? Uh, yeah, you might take a superstar quarterback. Non-quarterback. Like, if non John quarterback, Lynch was, Would you um, take Andy Reid over every player? Yeah, I would. Yeah, well, without question. Yeah. Okay, so then Kyle Shanahan would go, like, if he's your best asset, and he obviously is the offensive play caller too, that's the thing in the preseason game. Now, <laughs> I've never been around Kyle in like the behind-the-scenes settings, getting ready for a preseason game. Andy Scripps is is preseason place. Not like like today for Len Dawson, they got in like the huddle that he used to get in. Like I'm not talking something like I'm talking like they have seven, eight plays or fifteen plays that he scripts for the preseason. And then he tells like Al or whoever's calling his game, like Nance, like, yeah, we're just out here screwing around, seeing what works, guys. And it's like, bang, bang, boom. It's like, come on, Andy. <laughs> but, but my point is, it's clear when you watch them, like these guys are not messing around. But after the first drive, they don't care. And then they just start calling random plays. The one thing with Kyle tonight, I would be shocked if he didn't script some plays. The problem is, even if you had the first 15 scripted, which I'm sure they did, right? Because they had the week off, like in terms of trade and play in the game. So they could have done it over the weekend, start like kind of developing. And they played this team last year where Lovey was the defensive coordinator. So like they, they already had some stuff traded specifically. Uh, and it was clearly a different game plan than earlier in the season. And, and but, I would add to it, John, and he wanted, he, he only wanted a few series for Trey. So he wanted to do specific things. I think he would probably throw the ball with Trey more tonight than he would, than he will like week one against the Bears first drive. And for example, tonight, once the offensive line couldn't block me or you, it does throw everything out of kilter, right? Yeah. It was clear, like, you know, they weren't really moving the ball. So you're like, you know, it's not like he's just going to give Trey a quarter. He's going to go. But then it got to the point like, well, he could get injured. So we got to like, I think his plan was to score some points. And then that last drive before Trey came out when he it felt like could get really hurt because the offensive tackle couldn't touch the defensive end. And this isn't J.J. Watt in his prime. These are kind of random I don't think the Texans on paper are viewed as like the group who most people think have some elite defensive line. So it kind of threw everything off. I, I wonder if Kyle thinks like, did we really gain that much tonight? It's more like the offensive lineman. And we know maybe Jalen Moore, you know, it's just, it's, it wasn't good. <laughs> and it, it really throws off your rhythm, but Kyle's proven a couple years ago. Cause I was thinking Tyron Smith today, right? Did you see the injury? It's like, his knee with the with the hamstring ripping off the it just sounds. I think it's the painful. same as the the Jets uh, Makai Beckton. Beckton. Same same injury. So when that happens right now, there is no like, well, we can patch mail this till he's back. Like when a guy when Joe Staley broke his leg, it's like you know we think he'll miss five games. We got a bye week. You know, Trent we Williams can, missing the Rams game last year. <clears throat> Trent Williams one game <clears throat> to me, you got to be able to make handle. But can you can you handle a month or whatever? Like the Cowboys, they got to handle the season. You know, the 49ers you saw today, like, could this guy start a month? But then you also go back to, well, they've done this before with AAF guys, and he just schemed around it. But the key on that with Kyle is, like, they got to be running the ball well. Because the one thing that I don't care who you are, that there's no analytics, there's no scheme, there's nothing that can circumvent. If your left tackle cannot pass block or your right tackle, and you get in positions where you have to throw a lot in a given game, you're in trouble, Right whether you're playing just the Texans or the Rams or whoever, right? It doesn't, 
you you could be playing one of the worst teams in the NFL. If your offensive line is having a terrible day at the office and you and you're behind in the game, I, I would say whether Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid are coaching or Freddie Kitchens is coaching, it you can lose. <clears throat> so that their key, and I think he would tell you, well, when we, you know, kind of circumvented the injuries in 19, we were so good running the ball. Yeah. And that that to me is just I'm telling you, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to try to play Patriot Patriot 2021 on steroids with his young quarterback. And the difference is, I think they were probably more confident. Like, Mac didn't have the deep ball prowess that Trey's clearly going to have. Like, they're going to rip deep Or balls. the quarterback run. Or the quarterback run. But what he would have is probably much more consistent on just ba- – like, you knew if you ran an out route, he's going to hit that probably 80% of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And that his accuracy on the shorter stuff uh, – and not in a million years would I have wanted Mac over Trey, but there are give and takes, and this is where the game planning specifically, like I think Kyle kind of likes being able to run some go routes, right? He's done I, it every game. I think he does. Even the throw to use check. Wait, was it the throw to use check? Was that the throw to the on the move to the sideline, or was yeah. it the throw after that? He did yeah, a couple. Even, that throw was a longer throw for the 49ers offense, right? a rollout throw to the sideline to use check. That was a longer throw by like Niners offense standards over the last several years with Garoppolo. Agreed. And I also think the reason that he was probably a little bummed that he couldn't keep Trey Lance in longer, which is what he said. He just realized he just couldn't keep him in any longer. One thing that Kyle Shanahan does not have yet is the experience of, I remember last year when he was like, it's it, he admitted that it was the rhythm was difficult for him when he brought Trey Lance into games. Kyle does not have week after week after week. I'm going to run a bunch of plays with Trey Lance week one. I'm going to run a bunch of plays with him week two. Someone's going to try and adjust to him week three, and I'm going to do some shit off of that week four, and then week five and week six and week seven. I mean, last year, Debo said it in his interview on the Amazon pregame where he was like, you know, we what did they start last year? One and three? Is that what it was? Who, the Niners? No, they yeah. were they won the first two games because they played the Eagles and the were Lions. Were they two and three? Yeah, they were three and five at one three point. Three and five. Whatever, whatever number he said. But they started three and five last year. I mean, it's a reminder that a, and then a, it's a long season. There are adjustments, adjustments to adjustments, and on and on and on and on and on. It does feel like their season was a little extra long for a playoff there, team. There, it, did, <laughs> it did feel extra long. Yeah, it did feel extra long. But um, I just That's think that, I, I would argue that was as bad as bad as you can get and make the playoffs. Literally, I mean, they were went to the last game. I mean, it did honestly. really feel that way. Yeah, and then even the last game, it was like Donald, uh, Will, Trent's not going to play, and you're on the road against the Rams, and you're down. <laughs> like that's the other thing. We've all been that watching game was, football. They were, for, that game was over. They weren't going to win it. We've all been watching football for a long time. That, that's one for a team that ends up in the final four. That's one of the more batshit crazy seasons ever. Right? It really is. <laughs> yep, it really is, and. Um, you know, I think Thursday night, Jimmy, and then, then John Lynch I, liked the tweet. <laughs> think of it like, and then John Lynch liked the tweet from, where was he? Like with his family or, or no church. Church, church. church. Yeah, church. It was Christmas. It's like if the night, if, if you've got a video game, let's say Trey Lance is a video game and there are things that you can only unlock when you get to like level 10, 11, 12 weapons that you can only unlock when you're in level 12. And Kyle hasn't gotten to play past level two or three with Trey Lance yet. So I think he's going to do he's going to do those things really well, the early stuff. But I think there's probably other stuff that he hasn't even gotten to really get to yet because he hasn't had to deal with the adjustments to the adjustments, the the things that happen over careers. And Trey Lance plays a lot and gets better and all of that stuff. So, look, 
Trey Lance is in a better situation than any of the rookie quarterbacks that came in, than any of the second-year quarterbacks that came in in the league last year. He's he's in a better situation uh, than any of the rookie quarterbacks that came into the league this year. He's in as good of he's in about as good as a situation as a third overall rookie quarterback pick can be, and a big part of that is because of his coach. For sure, I mean the guy that you know had the most success given his team last year. Honestly, it didn't look as good as I think, you know, somehow you ended up in the Pro Bowl and he's doing the gritty as Mac, but it feels like fast forward a year. Wouldn't you say that most people think that Mac Jones, and honestly, it might not even be totally his fault. Could I mean, that Patriot thing could be a disaster. He's in a bad situation, isn't he? <laughs> I, I've said over and over, I listen, Mac Jones is represented by Condon and his group, you know, the group that's from Drew Brees, the Mannings to, to Stafford, to, I mean, the big boys. Trey Lance, I think, is part of the same deal. Mm. You think you think if if Mac Jones, who is pretty respectable, right? I mean, high level guy, feels like a solid player. If that thing gets ugly, and this doesn't happen with the Patriots, you think they're just going to let him go down with the ship, or you think they're going to start bad mouthing publicly? You know, the Joe Judge, Patricia, like Bill doing this to him was is insane. That type of stuff. Like, keep an eye on that. And, and Trey's lucky that he gets to go to a place that. I mean, it's about as stable as you can be. I mean, if both guys are on like 15-year contracts, <laughs> people that have made the playoffs twice, two, two times in five years and make a combined like $25 million, the two of them. I mean, look I how mean, long they've stuck with Garoppolo. That's that's stable. Yeah, shit, he's still around. <laughs> I saw Kawakami getting really mad. I, I kind of had it. I, I wasn't super locked into everything Herb Street was saying, but like that Herb Street was blaming the fans and the media for the Garoppolo situation. Tim got very offended because he just always gets mad. And I agree with him. That when an announcer, because there are times like the fans in the media deserve shit. To me, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing is all 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's nobody else. Everyone just yeah. talks about it because of their situation. It's not right. like some created like the media. No, we just we go to practice. He's fucking throwing there. You know, it's 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 like I've said, the most normal, bizarre situation potentially in NFL history. Because it is very normal when you're there, but it is when you take a step back. It's an unprecedented, bizarre situation. And I think it's why those guys, Al Michaels and Herbstreet, were fixated on it tonight because they were – Herbstreet's just like, wait, Herbstreet went back to it later in the game. Now, part of it is it's a bad game. You But the they asked Sherman point. about it when he's – I mean, they, they, their guys yeah. are so famous. Sherman's a no-brainer. They're interviewing their own workers for the sideline reports. It's yeah. like, you, you want to go How talk your first to one of the <laughs> Let's go talk to Richard Sherman. I know. I think Fitz is pretty underrated just higher. You know, he just – there's just a vibe. Hold your them. Amazon take. Hold your Amazon takes. We'll get the Amazon takes later. I agree with you. Uh, somebody asked this. You getting a new drink? No. Some water. Uh, somebody said, uh, Kid Trickster said, do you think Debo's lack of separation is concerning? They've been practicing that route with Debo all week. Uh, Lenore and Emmanuel Mosley were right there with them. I don't think it's concerning. We talked about it. What you guys saw today on the deep ball to Debo is exactly what we saw repeatedly in Niners practice. It is clear that go balls to Debo Samuel are not a high percentage play. And I said it two weeks ago, and I don't know if it's because, and, and by the way, I said a year ago, like, man, when Trey Lance gets out there, you're really going to open up the field with Debo. Not correct. That was an incorrect statement because he just doesn't, that's not his thing. No. And you remember that stat I gave you a couple weeks ago, which was the, the lowest percentage of tight window throws in the NFL last year was Patrick Mahomes. Less than 10, I think it was 8% of his throws were considered tight window. It was the lowest percentage in the league. 
for when you watch Mahomes, it feels like he's playing all this crazy stuff. But the reality is his receivers are wide ass open. That's the best, the easiest thing that you can get as a quarterback to help you throw an accurate pass. You're, you're saying 92% open. of his throws are to wide open guys? Yeah, whatever. Or not wide open, just not tight window. Okay. So 8% only 8% of his, of his completions are considered tight window. Or tight window, which was 92% the lowest. of his completions tend to be guy with some space. Guys wide open, wide <laughs> ass open, right? So it's to me, it's the simplest thing you can do for a quarterback is have a guy wide open. And Debo Samuel, that's just, he gets wide open a lot of ways. G- you know, go routes down the sideline is not the way. And we've seen it in practice repeatedly. It's just not the highest percentage. To, to me, the him. only way you run it is is if it's off like some fake where he's schemed to get an advantage. I think just one-on-one like you would run to Randy Moss or think about some of the guy DK Metcalf, where it's just like my speed is better than your speed and I'm going Deshaun Jackson. I mean, there are other guys I can't think of off the top. I think Justin Jefferson's actually – Jamar Chase is a guy that feels very, very comfortable down the sideline. And it's less always about being open. It's more just his jump ball. Devon, did you say Devontae? Devontae is a good example, but I would put Devontae like Jamar Chase. They just go up and get the ball. Like Debo is – he does go up and get the ball like when over the middle, but I do feel like down the sideline on like a 30, 40-yard bomb, does it feel like he's going to leap up? And that you know the type of play where those guys leap up? And they may hit the ground with the DB, but it's like they come down with it. C.D. Lamb. To me, Debo – it's a good scouting report by you. I, I would scrap that play. It's just like a consistent, unless it's like, you know, you pump fake left and he kind of fakes and then he go, you know, something like scheme specific, but just playing football. What's the most basic route you run? Your little kid go deep. They they have tried that. I wonder and if Debo wants that. How could he not? <laughs> you know what's a cool play? The go route touchdown. The go route just play. Even if the guy's tackled 30, that 40 one. yards. Isn't that always just a highlight play of yeah. throughout the day? Yeah. Any player? That's a good point. Jump ball, it doesn't seem I don't we could check his his vert, but I I would guess his his vertical leap was not, you know, exceptional. But, not, but that's not really he, he's made some great like one handers or whatever. How often do you feel him like going like stopping going up, you know, kind of like a Devontae or Jamar Chase? Yeah. Like that's just not really his game. His game is so freaking awesome. Even did you were you watching the pregame when I mean because it is a huge point of emphasis or t- a topic when about Debo like are they going to use him differently or how what's going to happen? Rich Sherman's like they're just going to do what they do with him. Like, yeah, I saw that. Like Richard's like no, it ain't changing. Like that's what he does. Sweet and what he does sweet is I I just I, he is so much faster with the ball in his hands. That guy is stride for stride with him. If that ball had been in Debo's hands, that guy's two yards behind him. Now you could argue he still beat him, but like in the NFL, that's that's pretty damn good coverage, isn't the guy's all over him? Yeah, it's good coverage, and you know maybe that same thing happens. Debo catches that ball the second time, but it's not an easy play. I mean, it's it's not an easy play. Debo would like the go route if Jamal Adams is on the coverage. That would be a good matchup. Yeah, I, I just think I, I'm Haberman scouting report. No, no more go routes for the guy. Unless they are specifically schemed, like, and Kyle will do this. Ayuk's on one side with, like, juice. They fake, like, a quick screen. Debo half-asses it, you know, like, fakes it, and then he goes. You know, stuff like that. But just one-on-one with the wide, the corner, like, I'm just going to beat you. <laughs> it doesn't work in practice. Every single one has looked the exact same. Practice, the game, the exact same. The exact same. He, we, We've seen him contested ball, and he did not catch it, right? 
That play is that play tonight has happened. How many times have we seen that? Now he's made a few of those catches too. Again, we are he's fantastic. I mean, he is he is he he might make that play, you know, 30% of the time. I just the percentage I, I would just run it. I would give that to I would put if Danny Gray's dressed, I would give him those couple reps and then you? eleven. Uh ball was underthrown though, says Josh. You need to be care- wading into that territory. Well, I mean I, are getting mad at us. Listen, you don't need to be Trey Lance's dad. We can all admit it wasn't an ideal throw, but I would say it wasn't a bad throw. It was not a bad throw. And and even if that ball's where it's supposed to be, there was so little separation that the D B still might get to it. Yeah. Or a little, instead of a little further in front of him. I think that play is just very NFL. Because back to the Jamar Chases and Devontae's and just a lot of guys, a lot of guys make that play, like the best players make that play contest, but they're used to thriving outside, right? Like Devontae doesn't do, like you're not putting him in the backfield. You're not running run plays for him. Honestly, you're not really, I guess they have run screens for him, but you would want to throw the ball down to Devontae or Jamar Chase. Because they're the Mike Williams high point the motherfucker, right? AJ Brown, like they they feel good, almost like uh, you know, like in an NBA guy, like he's running full speed, then he stops and he jumps, like those guys do that. Like that's not really Debo's thing. That's what makes you could argue Debo just in terms of sports, team sports. He is one of the more unique players you are ever going to stumble upon. Right? Well, it's funny we've got kind of Dray in in the same way that Dray, kind of Draymondy. More, I mean, not different. I mean, different. But he's also got like a little Stephen Clay, like where he could take over and score. Yeah, yeah. It's he's just unique in this in the way. It, he's not unique in the same way that Draymond is unique, but he has some of the same qualities. Nobody else can do what I do, and part of the reason is just because I, because of like what I got in here, I'm pounding my well, chest. Well, here's what he does have: if he just played it outside wide receiver, and you just like never going to give him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. And you're just going to give him 12 targets a game. I don't think it would look as sweet. It wouldn't, even though he is so talented, right? Yeah, he there are just... there are less talented, less good players that do this specific thing better than him. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, Jimmy Ward, John looks like he's headed to IR. John Lynch was on Amazon today. Did John Lynch get like seven million dollars for that appearance? He's like, hey guys, uh, they were going to give me all your salaries. And like a part of Herbie's, and I would have been up there. All I just remember, fellas, all I got to do is say the word. Uh, but he said Jimmy Ward IR, which is four four games. Do you like how they changed around the IR? Took a couple games off, so you can allows you to do a little wiggle room. Absolutely, there was no reason to keep good players out for just just. You've always thought, why do they have these hard fine line rules? I wouldn't do it at all. I wouldn't have any rules about how long guys have to be out. Just have a floating number, right? Bring I them back when they're healthy. Well, what do I care? I think it has a lot to do with like salary cap and contract kickers and stuff like that. Like I think the owners save a little cash. Uh, not good. I to me, what this tells is one: when Kyle talked about the injury a couple weeks ago, or whenever it first happened, like whenever he talked the next time, he looked pretty like um, it was an ominous vibe to him. It was not like hey, you know, it's you know the way he's talked about Ward and Mosley and a lot of these guys like Kinlaw. Like no, these guys are fine. Everything's gonna be Elijah Mitchell. It was like yeah, that's not good. And to me, it might have been like, hey, maybe he could be ready by the third or fourth game. But it's, we'll talk. I mean, they're kind of in a numbers like, who are they really keeping? And if you're going to keep Jimmy Ward and let's say you're not going to have him for a month, this does just allow you to use a roster spot maybe on an extra offensive lineman, an extra defensive lineman, extra DB, 
you know, maybe keeps an extra running back. Who knows? But I, I think they they realized they needed the roster spot, and given that he was no guarantee to be back by Denver, because I, I think that's you're like, okay, we could is the guy could be back by Denver? Because if he could, then I would think about it. But I wonder if they realize he's not going to be back by Denver. You know, eighty percent chance he's not. Let's take the safer out. But guy, that's the Rams game. You real you hate to lose in Week Four of the Rams game. This is a borderline two month injury, right? He was hurt a week and a half ago, so right around you know a couple days, maybe I don't have the exact date after September 11th. Let's just say August 15th. Now he's not going to be back for four weeks of the regular season. That's a long time. Four weeks of the regular season, which puts yeah, so, him back. I mean, like, this is several- October 9th would be the game he'd return. That's week five. That's a long time. Just you said around mid August. Yeah, that's you know give or take. What do you think? Six and a half, seven weeks. But I also think it's like. Uh, with a deep hamstring, that is not you. Don't, well, you're he, not rushing a guy back from that, and he's covering space. Like I, Jimmy Ward ain't functioning without his play speed. Yeah, <laughs> which, which honestly, I think they'd be in a worth a worse position had they not upgraded at corner. Like if if you told me Traverius Ward is also out, he's supposed to come back next week. Emmanuel Mosley's back. Like I think they can weather it in part because of their pass rush and because their their corners should be better. But you just wonder, like, now Hufunga is back. You just, I don't know. Jimmy just does a lot. These The Broncos and the Rams both have a ton of – just are dangerous in terms of their receiving cores. I agree. Didn't the, didn't the Broncos and draft they're smart, And you're talking about veteran <clears throat> quarterbacks. Sorry. just to, You're talking about veteran quarterbacks, too. And that's where I think Jimmy Ward probably also is is valuable. Didn't Sorry. the Broncos draft the pass-catching pass tight end from UCLA, the guy that can run? Dulcich. But I think he got <clears throat> hurt. So, I mean, those guys just they just have a ton of weapons. Now, the one thing the 49ers do have is athletic linebackers. And those guys, remember there were moments, remember the play of Fred Warner where he didn't just get an extra yard of depth and that ball went over his head to yeah. Devontae Adams and led to, yeah. like, you're going to need, whether it's Greenlaw or Al Shire, and obviously Fred's going to be on the field the whole time. Like, I, I would say those guys are going to have to step up a little bit in the passing game, right, when it comes to covering pass-catching running backs and tight ends over that stretch. Yeah. Now, luckily, I would say the Bears, <clears throat> not great. Uh, the, the Seattle, I mean, we'll see their quarterback situation. Who knows? Jimmy Garoppolo might be starting. But those next two games, I mean, those guys, there are a lot of weapons on the Broncos and definitely the Rams, right? And, and think about Jimmy Ward last year against the Rams. Fuck, I felt that guy was everywhere. I felt Jimmy Ward turns into like Ronnie Lott against the Rams. Remember he had the pick six thing? Now, it hit off the guy's foot or whatever, but that was – I was like, oh, this is Monday night. This game's on. Yeah. yeah. That's part of it. He's just a big, a big game, big game guy. And you're going to you're going to the Broncos on the road. You're playing the Rams at home. Uh, you definitely want him back by week seven against the Chiefs. Like you couldn't afford to bring him back early and then have him get hurt and then miss, you know, that stretch that you get into when you get into the Chiefs, the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals. I think but, I think week three at Denver, if they're both two and oh, could look absolutely just jaw-dropping sweet on television. I agree. That place could be going bananas. I agree. Uh, No, all right. You mentioned Garoppolo. Michael Lombardi, I mentioned this during the secret segment of the uh, podcast, which is is gone from the podcast now. Michael Lombardi, I listened to his podcast, was adamant that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Seahawks. If the Seahawks want Jimmy Garoppolo and they're waiting on Jimmy Garoppolo, and that the reason there hasn't been a trade is because the Niners don't want to send him to the Seahawks, and they definitely don't want to help the Seahawks, and they play the Seahawks week two, which is part of it. Like, if they played the Seahawks 
both games at the end of the year, maybe it would be different. Lombardi didn't say. But the fact that they played the Seahawks week two, the Niners want to put the Seahawks in as bad of a position as possible because they believe that's where he's going to go. Um, Lombardi then checked one of the betting markets and it had Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seahawks as the favorite. Now, the the 53-man cutdown day is Tuesday, August 30th at 1 p.m. Pacific. So given that the Niners have a bunch of position battles, given that you expect guys to get claimed off their team, I would think it'd be pretty stunning if Jimmy were still on their team past that date, right? If they used a roster spot on him. Now, they don't have to have to cut him till September 10th when his contract becomes guaranteed, but they're not keeping him, Pat. They got to give him to the, let the Seahawks come get him by next Tuesday, right? You would think. I mean, I, I you know where I stand. I, I I have no problem if you tell me they announce cutting him tomorrow, like Friday. Just move on with this. Because uh, we talked about the last time we talked, like 48 hours ago, what how are they that scared what what do you remember when i mean it's one of the more historic kind of crazy moves and it kind of backfired originally because he traded drew bledsoe to the bills the bills played the pats week one and bill lost but obviously won the wars they i think won the super bowl uh but my point is bill belichick was not scared of drew bledsoe who, listen, he had some flaws, but he was a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. How could they possibly be worried about, like, the optics? Like, what if he beats you? Like, how, how are you even thinking I don't, like I, that? I, I think... What, what could they is, be worried about? I, I, think, I, th- I think, my my read just after listening to Lombardi is, they want to... It's a very analytical approach. Like, if there's a 60% chance of them winning with without him and a 63% chance of them winning with him, then we won't let them have him. Uh, I I think, listen, Lombardi, his tone was just they want to make it as hard on Seattle as possible. Shane Waldron, like Jimmy wants to go somewhere where he knows the verbiage. Shane Waldron, the verbiage is going to be similar. Like Jimmy's going to be Honestly, it could be the, it could be the same, right? Well, He's same, in Vegas. Yeah, exactly the same. So Jimmy could so he knows the offense really quickly, and they just want to delay it. They want to make it as hard on Seattle as possible, which when you say it that way, I do think is understandable. Okay, let's do a hypothetical. Jimmy is released. Let's even pick Tuesday, right? Okay. Whenever. Next early next week. He signs with Seattle immediately. Because unlike, you know, Trey Sermon or whatever, he is not subject to waivers. Jimmy Garoppolo will be a free agent. He he can sign with any team. He's not he doesn't have to pass teams aren't going to claim him. And even if they could, obviously there's only so many teams like couldn't claim the contract. If he signs with the Seattle Seahawks, is he the starting quarter? Let's say he signs by Wednesday afternoon. Is he starting quarterback week one? In their game against Denver? So they acquired him on October 30th in 2017. How many days until his start, his first game? It was a couple weeks, but remember, he did not know the offense, and later they talked about, like, it was kind of crazy. We, like, just kind of ran some certain plays that Jimmy liked, and we changed a bunch of stuff on the fly. Like you said, he's been in the offense now longer than he was even with New England. And even if Waldron changed the names of what McVay and Kyle, I think they could figure it out, get on the same page pretty quickly. Yeah, so uh, they acquired him on the 30th. He he missed two games, and then he started. Maybe they had a bye, and then he played on the 26th. So he basically, like, almost a month. I think if they got him by next Wednesday and had a week and a half to get him up to speed. Play on Monday night, too. Denver. Monday night, right? Against Denver. Is at home in Seattle. 
I think you'd play him because you want to play him against the Niners the next week. Now you could argue give him the give him another week. It's kind of crazy. Don't get him hurt. Let's and then let's debut him the next week. You, I mean, you got to play him against the Niners. He would have to be your quarterback by week two, right? I, I just I think he'd play week one. I think Pete Carroll would be like, "Fuck it, like this is my thing." Hundred miles an hour, all all gas, no brakes, full speed mistakes. Jimmy, let's go get him, babe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I. I would say it would be on the table. Now it also depend on you know. It feels like they kind of want Drew Locke to start. I, I've said over and over I would probably try to avoid that if I get some money. Some other, like if I was Jimmy and like and Pittsburgh called now maybe they just want to go with with Kenny Pickett and kind of feels that way. I saw someone say that starting to lean if Kenny Pickett's going to be in the mix, they're not going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yeah, right. Which which that I agree with that uh, that I understand. He knows where the bathrooms are, and you would watch tonight going if that guy's healthy. Whether the Texans turn out to be competitive this year or not, they ha- you and I were texting about they got to find out about this guy, right? They they are not replacing him right now. Now maybe if like in two months, like this guy's way he's not that good. Even though every time I watch him, I'm like he's got a little something there. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle's like God, I, I kind of like this guy. Like to me, you don't end that to go do Jimmy Garoppolo. No, because he's I, I get Seattle because ultimately I say this all the time. Pete ain't trying to lose. Like Pete, Pete is not talking like they suck. He, I think he's like invigorated of the the new guys and the juice, and I bet he thinks like, could Jimmy? Could I compete for a wild card spot? There's he doesn't. Th- you think Pete's thinking about? I know you know this, but I think a lot of people think they're like they're just cool with sucking. Like that's Pete's seventy one years old. Pete, what seventy year old who's as crazy as Pete Carroll is cool just having like a shitty shitty year? Now maybe by November thirtieth, if he realizes I'm not going to get fired or whatever, like it's. Big picture stuff. Let's play young guys. But the first, I'd say, seven, eight games, Pete Carroll's fucking swinging for the fences. He's won too much to start losing, right? Same with Bill. Like, once you've won that long, you ain't about losing anything. Now, maybe lose a game for the big picture, but, like, lose a season? Like, have a three-win season? Remember, when they went nine and seven, and John Schneider is like, yeah, it felt like we won two games this year. Like they, they have been pretty spoiled up there. Yeah. Even last year was kind of a disaster. And it, it was really just because Russell broke. If Russell hadn't hurt his hand, they would have been right there in the wild card mix, right? They were just screwed once he missed those three games. And then remember, he got back and it was, I think they might have played Denver and it was clear he wasn't right. So even when he came back, he wasn't right. But if he's, if Russell Wilson just 100% healthy all year, I bet they're thinking like, yeah, we got a flawed team or whatever, but we're right there. The we're right there to win nine, ten games with the Saints and the Niners. Fuck, we beat the Niners twice. Yeah. Remember, right? you don't you, like you don't have to be a Super Bowl contender if you can be in the seven, eight, nine win range. Now you're playing games that matter in November and December, right? Because that's nine. Nine was the playoffs last year in the NFC, right? So well, you, think about I mean, the, and they went seven and ten last year. The the the, the Seahawks. I, I I think people think they were way farther away than people realize. Yeah. Right. I mean, they they were. I'm a little jaded. So are you. So is anyone that watched because they beat the Niners in one game. I think was I think the final score was twenty eight to twenty one, but it was twenty one to se- it, it felt a lot. The game wasn't that close. Game was not that close. No, that I mean, was they the, ran. That a, was they the, ran a punt in from eighty yards. No one touched them. Uh, a fake punt, to be clear, not a not a received punt. This is that that is one of the better 
messages I've seen. Middlecoff's internet is the biggest comeback since the Pats were down twenty-eight to three. That's a good. That's a good uh, comment. Have Job you ever seen the Ethernet code cords that are flat? Not like a. Not like normal. I got a flat one. Yeah, I have seen those. You have that, or do you have? A I don't. One? I just have. I've I've got the normal kind, I guess. Yeah. I just wanted flat or they actually work. I don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah. I, I don't want it I don't want it to hear us talking about it. No need. How long we don't need to talk about it. Uh John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham right now you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post. At indeed.com slash ham. The offer is good for a limited time. Indeed is the hiring platform where you attract, you interview, you hire, all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you through it all and do it with time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and visual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job post, according uh, the moment they sponsor a job, that's what I was trying to say, according to Indeed data. So right now, start hiring. Get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I wasn't sure, so I just went for it. No, yeah, just keep on rocking. Flat cords are fine. It's about the shielding. I just might need to do some Chicken. like start over, some unplugs. You know, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amazon. We watched it tonight. I had it going on my TV, and I had it going on my iPad. So basically, exactly the same as I watch every other game. So that experience was good. You started to say something about you. Do- you double watch games. If there's one big game and I really need to pay attention, I'll double watch the game. Because usually one of them's kind of behind and I can always watch the play and then like 10 seconds later watch the play again. Do you plug your iPad in when you're watching the game? or does it I just- had it on my laptop actually, my second. Gotcha. With my second screen. My iPad runs out of juice pretty fast, but it's old. Yeah. Um, but I watched it. I watched the pregame. Actually, the pregame kind of snuck up on me, so I caught the last like 20 minutes. But I thought I think um, it started at four. I think it was like an hour okay, and fifteen so minutes pregame. Like, yeah, so I missed the beginning. But I caught Whitworth, Sherm, Fitz when, when Whitworth was there because then he left and he was really good, and Sherm was really good, and Fitz was really good, and it looked really good. I I liked. I thought the music came off good. Um, I enjoyed the broadcast. Yeah, you started talking about Fitz earlier though. I interrupted you. Yeah, I thought that one. It looked very crisp on television. You know, you got good internet. You know, just. I had zero issues, no buffering, no streaming. I, I thought the light, I thought it looked clearer than Fox or CBS or every bit is it's equal. And I, I just, I had the thought tonight, like we ain't ever going back. I, I can't even imagine what Amazon, Apple TV, and, and maybe there's stuff that we don't even, maybe it's Disney plus or whatever, where all these games are the next CBA. I'm not trying to get way ahead of ourselves, but their capabilities, their power, the amount of money, Think about the money they spent for tonight. Like, what's Al costing them? $10 million minimum? Maybe more. <laughs> I mean, it costs a shitload. Even their crew, like, I don't think Sherman's cheap. 
You know, I mean, I, I just think they, they they have no problem in a day and age when so many of these big companies and rightfully so, like I understand kind of nitpicking and being cheaper, even though I do think it costs a lot of different, you know, broadcasts, not even game broadcasts, but just in general, they, they look at every turn to cut. Like, how do we save money? It's kind of the opposite with the big boys like Apple and obviously Netflix and you know well, Amazon. They, 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 that's not their mindset. I got to say one thing about that, though. It's when Apple or Amazon do a game right now, that is their Super Bowl, right? When Fox or CBS, when they do the Super Bowl or Monday night, they don't cut costs on that. The no. problem is they are committed to like 800 games and they cut costs on those. But they don't like that's the one thing, right? Amazon, like they right now they are they put everything into this one game, which is what the net the networks do for Notre Dame, big noon kickoff, college game day, the Super Bowl, the conference championship games. Just the networks have committed themselves to all these other games, and those games don't get the same. Don't they same don't make quality. the same money? Yeah, but, but I'm talk I'm talking about less of, even about some of the games and just more about like. Just you, you turn on an ESPN show right now. Like I would say, the talent is greatly diminished of what yeah, you. But I would have the same. I, I, I'm making the same. Like they are, they are committed to like their biggest things. They still put everything into it, right? For, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree there, but I, I do think their capability. These people have more money. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like well, Apple Jeff and Bezos Amazon have more it. money, but like it, think about Apple. Like I, I would put Apple right there too. Like they're sniffing around with baseball. Like you think they're going to stop there? Like this is the property. No, they right. were both sniffing around the Big Ten television deal. Who Amazon and Apple? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, don't you think Apple is coming for the NFL next? And They're, I think I think tonight shows you that like it's legit. Like this is not even two or three years ago. Like it's they're ready. Like it's it's time. Well, you know what they did? <laughs> Same thing. Fox. I saw somebody make the point the other day. Same thing. Fox did in the nineties. They just hired all the people that did it somewhere else. Like you know who's not cheap? I don't know what they're paying them. Fred Godelli who's been Al, he's the producer. Well, he was the Sunday Night Football. They brought Al's producer. They paid yeah. him to come. Well, don't you think ESPN did the same thing, stealing Joe and, and uh, Troy to a couple of their guys? Yeah. Um, I think the Fox producer, Richie, Z Z it's with a Z, I don't know, Zygans or whatever, he stayed behind. He's working on the the Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart crew. But isn't, it, and it, isn't that the way to build a business? Like, I think Liv, for totally. example, stole a bunch of people from Golf Channel to help run their shit, it's like, right? Because it's gonna how would be you know how to do it? 100%. It's like... Nothing's actually that different except where you get it, but it's high level people. Clearly, good camera. Like they just and it, they hired. It, it felt the legit, people running I? like the executives. It's not somebody who like they brought over from. Uh, oh, I was in Amazon. I was distribute. I worked in the warehouse distributing network, and now they got me running sports. No, they hire somebody from Fox, and they hire somebody from ESPN. They just the only thing really that different is the graphics and where you get it. Oh, you middle cough? Yeah, you got that funny face wash that I sent you? Like, oh, you also like those special Q-tips you always get delivered every month? This yeah, guy, yeah. Haberman, you return a lot of stuff. Yeah, see, they don't even know about that. That's, you're right. My overall takeaway was, like, it's big time. It, and part of it is just because your expectations, and you realize it's no different than – I don't want to say it felt like you know, Sunday Night Football is the biggest – show right now in television right it's the it's the number one rated television show in america even though like what we do now why radio can't compete we know exactly who listens and how many people listen and that's just the podcast game it's why joe rogan and bill simmons and coward and caller daddy and all the big shows 
they know exactly like when they say 11 million people that's not a guess right it's like no caller daddy knew 11 million people listen to an episode it's not like well the three meters and it's clear a shitload of people watch the nfl right no one would argue that but they don't actually know They, they don't actually know they're taking very educated guesses that could easily be off by a million people you know who's going to know exactly how many people watch tonight and exactly who those people are is Bezos and company. They're going to know exactly not only how many people watched, how long they watched for, and then they're also going to know, like like we were just making fun of our items, know exactly what we like, what we order, what, the way we live. Yeah, they they're going to know what, They're going to know what we ordered while we were watching the game. Well, think about Apple. Think about like that, that's... I, I honestly think that I had this... I've just had this thought kind of all week, like... They're just fucked, like big picture. The, the, the one thing that kept them alive this time is one, they're probably, they weren't capable of completely shifting, but also Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, the older guys, Rooney, they're still alive. The next CBA, a lot of those guys are going to be passed away and their kids are going to be running it. And obviously these companies are going to have much more capabilities and have, they'll have more than dabbled. I had the thought tonight, like the next CBA, whenever, let's just pick a tw- 2028, could network be dead? As we know it for sure. I mean, it, it is imperative in this window that they have now that they get people converted to their streaming services. And, you know, the thing with Amazon that Which Amazon this is does, the way, right? You yeah, this the is NFL. the way. Like, but, but it takes balls. Like, you have to, if you're NBC, you have, and the NFL isn't going to let you do this, put an NFL game only on Peacock. Now, they're going to put a Notre Dame game only on Peacock this year, the UNLV game. But that's it. But you've got to get people. And I think more and more and more. You think about where we were even three years ago, the amount of people now that are willing to pay for. Now, you're not going to be paying for commercial free, but the amount of people now that are just willing to pay for, you know, like Substack. You know, I I read another House of Strauss article today. I don't even think about it. There's so many things out there that I pay for that I use and our, and I go, that is five or 10 or whatever dollars well spent today. About the bloggers? You read that one? The Buzz Bissinger clip with Will Leach. Did you watch it? I didn't click on it, but I read the article. Oh, my God. Bissinger. I, so I, re- I, I remember him freaking out. Oh, my I God. The, internet attacking the irony of the whole thing. And, 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 uh, and it was Ethan wrote it really well. It was like Will came off like the legacy media guy and Buzz comes off like the new school you know, rock and roll kind of counterculture guy. But Will was dead spin and Buzz was traditional media. But Buzz, I thought, was pretty – his predictions were pretty on point. Well, he said, ultimately, you guys are just going to rip and make fun of people, and that's what, exactly what said, they and did. And the last thing he said was, and we'll all be dumber for it. <laughs> that was the last yeah. thing he said. Anyway, right. Costas was really – Braylon Edwards well, was actually pretty good that day. I don't know well, what Braylon's up to. Buzz wrote Friday Night Lights, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that coach just died. You see that? The high school, that. the high school coach for that school just passed away. I think he was like seventy three years old. I did not see that. I've watched the movie. I've watched the television show. Never read the book. <laughs> Very reflective of Middlecoff the consumer. Yeah, I do own the book. I'm I'm pretty sure. In I didn't watch the right show. But I did watch the movie. When I say watch the show, I watched maybe like over the last couple of years. I watched like a season or two. It's not not bad. You know, the one coach and the the mom and Riggins. But, oh yeah, the coach. I like that guy. That actor. Yeah. It's it, honestly the it's. A little cheesy. It was one of those, like, you know, I had a couple weeks, did nothing to watch. It was a point well, in time and I banged out like 20 episodes. It was like, you know, it's, is this better than people act? 
No, it's shittier. Did, did you mention the who's the actress who was Jeter's ex-girlfriend? Yeah, she's dates the good-looking football player who's actually went on to have a pretty good little acting career. Mm-hmm. But it turns out even in that show, even the first season when he's supposed to be a junior in high school, he's actually like 26 years old. <laughs> and she, what's her name? Mina Kimes? I can't remember. No. <laughs> not no, not, not far off, though. Mina Kelly? Minka, Minka Kelly? Minka. That's Jeter's wife? No. Ex-girlfriend. Yeah, he was dating her. She, there was a different documentary that she was in. Yeah. When he got 3,000 hits, I think. Was he dating her then? Yeah, she was in the doc. I remember. She was like, uh, doesn't know really anything about baseball. But whatever. I don't know why that. Yeah. Feels like Jeter, you, you follow him on social media? Like, just kind of like I lost do. in life. I don't know if I do. I think I think he really likes being a dad, but you can tell like there's just a lot probably just holes in his life. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you do that for that long? Be the Yankees, the captain. And then just, it just ends. And you just like, take your daughter to work. Yeah, you know I mean, to play, school. I mean, play for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's easier transition for like Cody Ross. He's like playing golf in Scottsdale all the time. Like having a good time. Like Derek Jeter's like, this just ain't the same, man. I was the fucking captain of the Yankees for two decades. I'm known as like one of the great champions in American history. Like Bill Russell, Jordan, Jeter, just winners, you know? And, and then I'm 44 and I just like drive my daughter to kindergarten. <laughs> you just see it's just like there's just something missing. Yeah. You know? He just If he could just go on a fishing boat for a month with Pettit, Mariano, and Posada, he would. Like it feels like Michael transitioned because he likes screwing around. Like that was a weird part about Michael. Like even while he dominated, he loved his little side. Well, he like, gambles he, like crazy on golf. <clears throat> But but also like you see some clips of him like fishing. Now maybe he's gambling on the boat, like who's gonna catch the biggest fish? I mean, who knows? But it feels like he just does a lot of like yeah. you just see him at like car events, you know, or like races, and he's just there front and center. And again, maybe he's gambling and drunk, which it feels like those are huge parts of his life. Like he has yeah. cocktails in his he's drinking a lot. So maybe does, he Derek, just, does it feel like Derek drinks much? No, it feels like Michael just maybe Michael just drinks away his his, his you know boredom. his missing of competitiveness. Also uh, built his own self a golf course where just sweet players come and play. So I mean, yeah, he owns he's filled the voids. <laughs> Did you notice? Uh, I think Al, by the way, I just want to say, make this point about Al. I think Al is there. How old is Al? I think 82 or something. He is. He's a pretty young 82. I mean, he always has stayed kind of current. Did you hear his comment tonight? Uh, 77. Pre- preseason wins are as valuable as Dogecoin. Al said that tonight during the broadcast. That's a good one. Well, Al's L.A. hip, you know? Yeah, Al's Al, – I'm just what I'm saying. Like, Al felt to me even a little younger than he'd felt to me the last couple of years. Al's and him. I wonder – he took a little chance getting paid a lot, but I wonder if he rolled in like, this thing feels big. I wonder if it just feels pretty big. Because I bet everybody around it is pretty energized by just doing something different. Even though it's a lot of the same people, I bet they're pretty energized by – Kind of blazing a new a new trail. He seems he, energized by it. And he and and think about this: if you're him, I think Carissa said this like uh, when they were doing the intro part about like we even got do you believe in miracles, guy? <laughs> Joking around, but yeah, like yeah, I wonder if Al realized like who knows how much longer I'm gonna be around. Like I get to be part like the as this new like in 30, 40 years when this is normal. I was the first guy. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's cool. You know it's. Because you would say he's a part of the NFL because he's called big games, but he's not viewed as like 
John Madden, a trailblazer, or you know, he's just part of it. You know, like to me, Al, like when it comes to the Olympics or just historic, like that is like Al Michaels is going to be known for that for another 200 years. Do you believe in miracles? Like that's his call. But like he's probably thinking like I've been a huge part of the NFL and I've called big games. I've called Super Bowls. But like this is something you'll never be able to take away from me. Like I was the first guy to call streaming. Do you think he's the biggest as that sounds? Do you think he's the biggest guy we got right now? Pop, just play-by-play guy. Pop. I mean, do you believe in miracles? The OJ car chase. He was on. Who God only knows how many people were watching the ABC coverage when Al was on the phone because he knew the neighborhood. Knew the um, neighborhood guy. That was like his buddy. They played tennis. Well, yeah, that's that like his best friend. <laughs> uh, the 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 eighty-nine earthquake. He was wasn't on he his there. neighbor? Yeah. Uh, I think he was pretty close because Al was like looking out his window or something. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty at least the right same street. Yes. Um, got traded for Roger, like that whole story got traded from ESPN. Start Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football is not a thing until that year and Al's first year. Worked with John. I mean, I think he's the biggest. I think he's like... We did Monday Night Football. So he started Sunday Night Football, did Monday Night Football. Now he's doing the streaming. I think him and... um, I think him, him and Herbie have a quality that's really hard to capture, which is they're both pretty comfortable. Now they felt, I think they're going to need, they were, they were fine tonight. I think Herbie will get a little more comfortable as time goes on, but I thought, I thought he was good. Um, uh, you can tell he's got a haircut. He went, he went tight on the sides. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, uh, Herbie, uh, our demo on Amazon prime is much lower than it is on ABC. He was like, Oh shit. He did. Maybe he thinned up a little was on the middle cough diet. Um, they didn't say, they said that on, t- they said that tonight, the demo thing. No, no, no. I've just, I was going to be like, God, they're taking shit. That'd be a risky spot for Herbie. You know, Herbie's but, uh, first game, I looked, I texted to you, like Ohio State, Notre Dame, which had incredible. to be on the whole, the rotunda of picks. Would you say that's the number one pick of the season? Yes. Because Notre Dame Fox, out. Well, Fox says that Michigan, Ohio State's always their number one pick. Uh, I think, remember last year there was a Notre Dame, Georgia game, and I think it outrated. They took that. They took that game over Alabama Auburn, if I remember correctly. Like that. That's how big Notre Dame was to take Notre Dame over an Alabama Auburn game. I bet Notre Dame Ohio State. You think there'll be some people watching? I I think it. I bet it outrates Ohio State Michigan. Did you know that that game was next week? Uh, Admittedly, maybe once upon a time, but I'd forgot until you texted me that. That's a pretty big first game for fucking the new coach. Holy moly. I know. <laughs> I'll, let me just the, – the point, though, on those two is, like, I think the hardest thing is to get people that are comfortable. Like, cat, a lot of people can be comfortable in the booth, but actually come off as fun, although somebody on the stream said they thought Herbie was boring. I disagree. Come off as fun without making jokes, Just, but it just feels like they're having a good time. And I think Herbie was not his like national championship. I think he'll get a little looser as this thing goes along. Yeah, I, I I do think though Herbie, as a guy on television, is not like I would say Collinsworth pretty loosey goosey having a good time. You yeah, know, obviously yeah. Romo. To me, Aikman's a little tighter. I would put Herbie in kind of the Aikman. He's not. He's a. Not, I don't want to use the word stiff, but he's not Mister Screw. Like Al and Chris were just like. That's true. And it, at That's any true. moment, is like, God, are these guys gonna make cocktails together out there? Like Chris was very comfortable in his own skin by that point. Like him and Al and just NFL guy knew everybody. I would imagine the NFL guys gonna be very cool to Herb Street, right? Football guys are nice to other football guys. He's he, 
But I, I do wonder if I don't mind them, but I could see some people thinking like, you know, could we do better than this? I, I'm telling you, I, I think I text you. I think Richard Sherman's that's he's going to do that job next year. Now, maybe Al was like, I, if I'm going to do this, you got to give me someone who knows what he's doing. I can't break in. Richard. I Sherman could see Amazon year. saying we need like a we need a name that people go, holy shit, Kirk Herbstreet's doing this. And I think he does accomplish that. You don't think Richard Sherman would though next year? If he has like a uh, year yeah, on the yeah. booth. I, I just mean when you're launching it, I think yeah, Herbie yeah. brings quite and you want a person who really knows what they're doing when you're in the For situation. Sure. But I thought Sherm I, it actually crossed my mind when you texted me that, like, could you do Sherm and Fitz? Could they do both of them? Um, because they seem to work well together, uh, which, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. I take, I would incorporate Sherm in the game if I could. Like, if he's, he's going to go to all these games, could he make just him do like the sideline, he, make him him like the sideline analyst? <laughs> yeah. Have him interview the, 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 the coach after. Are they going to do that during the season, you think? I don't think so. But I think our, like a Sherm halftime interview with a coach going out and then a coach interview coming in would be pretty good. That's not a bad idea. Week two, Sherm, Andy Reid, like walk into the uh, the tunnel. That's a good idea. Do you think Aikman and Buck were watching tonight going, whoa, thank God they did not make us do a preseason game on ESPN? There's a lot of lot of moving uh, moving parts now with the broadcast crews. I, I was thinking about this today. Maybe I think this every year, but – College and NFL, I am about as excited for this football season, I feel like, as I've been in a long time. Trey Lance, college football shit going on. Just the whole thing, man. I'm this is I'm excited for this season. It's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be pretty good. As long as the Niners don't go like six and eleven. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there, there will always be New Year's in Vegas, John. Niners Raiders. That is true. <laughs> All right, uh, Aaron Donald swung some helmets. Uh, anything you want to say about that? So you, you told I didn't know this that it's not a suspendable offense. Yeah, Judge Sue Robinson cannot get involved because practices, joint practices, are not things that are not under the NFL. How did you NFL, find that? Did, did I just follow, like, one of the NFL. Yeah, one of the NFL. Maybe it was Floria wrote. Yeah, the NFL can't punish you for things that happen in a practice. Although, if you're too physical and you violate the CBA, they can punish you. So. That's kind of weird. We'll right? think who usually gets in trouble in a practice. The Coach team is, gets mad at the guy, yeah. right? Well, Sean so, McVay ain't suspended Aaron Donald. Well, and can the, the Bengals, Bengals don't? Are the Bengals well, allowed to? Well, they don't have the power. He swung. I, I mean, I saw the people on filming. You can hear them. They're like, "Whoa!" Like even they realize, like, "Whoa, bro, what are you doing?" But but here's my take on these things. Like we have seen crazy brawls in these joint practices. Didn't a, a woman got hurt the other day at the at the Panthers Patriots? And even Matt Rule, oh, like, we hope she's okay. Well, yeah, player got thrown into the stands. Oh. And it just, I like, I, in all seriousness, like, let's just say they did have the power to suspend him. Do you think he should be suspended for something that happens in a practice, even if a helmet's getting swung? You have two helmets. I mean, honestly, it sounds crazy. I kind of do. Again, the problem is the footage. I can't really, I mean, I see him swinging a helmet at somebody. It, to me, it would be in the category of if he did that and somebody, like had to go to like suffer. Well, Mason, Mason got hit, right? But I mean, if somebody, if you said like somebody's out three weeks or they're hospitalized with a broken nose, I'd be like, God, I mean, that's pretty nuts. Well, well would this story be way bigger? I, I mean, the story will kind of die in a day, but like if he had hit, let's just say they're starting guard in the face and broke his jaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think part of it's, it feels so long ago. I, I don't even remember. Mason got hit in the head, right? <laughs> Did he get hit or did he Miles miss? Miles hit him. 
I feel like he missed. Maybe hit him. I, I, I'd be I, lying I, if I told you I remembered. I, I don't. I, I, I do wonder. Did you see the still photo of McVeigh right there? <laughs> like, he's got a Bengal helmet. It looks like he's got a Ram helmet. I think his helmet's on. And Donald just has weapons galore. He's the craziest guy in the league to begin with. He doesn't even need weapons. And McVeigh's kind of there like, what am I supposed to do? And there's a million players. I, I'm honestly shocked that in the last three or four years, no one's gotten seriously hurt in one of these joint practices. Just, you mean in uh, a fight? Just as something gone terribly wrong. Like a guy gets suplexed and gets his arm shattered, you know. Remember that there was was it Jimmy Ward and Hopkins a couple years ago fought? <laughs> I mean, their fights. I, it's basically unavoidable that there's a fight at a joint practice. It's just how out of control do they get? Do they happen in like a one on one drill, or do they happen with the whole team and then it turns into a baseball brawl? But a little different a baseball brawl because all it takes is one kind of guy getting a cheap shot and then it escalates immediately. And unlike a baseball brawl, there, how do you stop it? The only people that can stop it are the players. The coaches are kind of helpless, right? Because one, they're not padded up. They, they unless you've got Dan seven Dan Campbells out there, most of the coaches are undersized, are, are kind of you know balancing. Like I kind of I can't get too close, but I'm like screaming like stop, you know. But no one's listening. It's like yelling at like two dogs fight. Like they're just not that aren't yours. Yeah, I don't blame them. Like Aaron Donald in that moment, who was stopping him, right? Especially once he starts swinging helmets, not a soul. And is there a chance? And maybe he'd say, like, the fucking guy came after my knee, right? Or who knows? Yeah. Just the, the helmet swing in a crowd is such an inaccurate weapon. You know? The what? Swinging a helmet in a crowd is just an inaccurate weapon. Now, maybe he hit who he was trying to hit. I don't know. I always love when a guy puts his two arms up and the guy's got a helmet on. It's like, uh, bro, you play a receiver. You hit me, you break your hand, you're, you're screwed. Well, a, uh, that was a good one. Again, tonight's an example. It's a four-quarter game, John. It's a four-quarter game. It is bizarre. You know, four. we just gotta, you just, you know, you gotta work out the kinks now. You know, that's why Patricia gets to call some plays, Judge gets to call some plays, and, and Belichick calls the red zone. <laughs> if he's got to call all the plays, he just yanks the play calling away. All right. Well. Um, Great performance by you. In the end, it's going to end up being uh, on the pod about a 37-minute podcast. But uh, thanks to everybody that joined. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, you should know things happened on the YouTube version that you didn't get to hear. We edited out about 40 minutes of just nonsense. Because, Is that what it was? Uh, it was around that, yeah. Because of uh, we had a good time. So if you want to check in on what that 40 minutes behind the scenes was like, we were on. It was fun. You can go to the YouTube. It's going to be left in on the YouTube. But um, on the podcast, that stuff's gone. So, uh, yeah, you could go check that out. If, I mean, God, you probably haven't. No one's still listening to this if you're on the podcast. You, who, may, who makes it to the end of a podcast, for crying out loud? Not me. I do every once in a while. Really? You just forget what you're doing, and the next thing you know, you're listening to what, what's I, I'm more likely to listen to a whole podcast, but during parts of the podcast, doing other stuff, realize I, I didn't get that much of it. It's like yeah. when I used to read books. And sometimes I'll read like 50 pages. And like, I remember about seven things from those 50 pages. Did I actually read? Or sometimes you're listening to somebody talk and you realize, uh, huh? My reading comprehension was always pretty low on those standardized tests. 
Hmm. Social studies was a strong suit for me. It's not really what they hire for at the Goldman Sachs. No. Or Fidelity. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, uh, yeah. Well, next week. Well, when Jimmy gets uh, traded on Sunday, we'll be back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Later. Peace. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.